The following is an informational meeting regarding spring sports in Norwalk. Athletic directors Doug Marchetti from Norwalk High School and John Cross from Brian McMahon had a chance to speak to CIC executives regarding the status of the spring season. This meeting was recorded on April 6th. Okay, folks, so welcome to uh, our town meeting. Um, Mr. Cross had the idea about setting this up. Um, we had heard this from one of our colleagues at uh, Jonathan Law High School that they had done it with their school. We thought it would be a great idea to share some information with you. Uh, we have 100 people on the uh, call right now in the meeting, so that's quite a large number. It's great that uh, there's uh, such a great turnout. Obviously, we can't probably take questions verbally from people, so what we're gonna ask you to do is to use the chat feature on the side there. On the side there. You um, put your messages or questions in there. Uh, John and I will do our best to uh, to go ahead and try and answer them. Okay, so John, do you want to start things off over on your side there? Um, yeah, sure. I just um, want to say thank you very much for coming. Um, we thought it would be really good to give you guys the opportunity to ask us some questions. We recently had a a meeting with all the athletic directors um, with the heads of the CIAC on Friday. And as Doug said, a, another AD um, presented material to their um, players and parents in the same manner. And we just thought it'd be a really, really good idea um, to allow you guys to get the same opportunity. A lot of the stuff we're probably gonna talk to you guys about right now, you probably already know about, um, because I know Doug and myself have been giving you guys information. A lot of you guys are on Twitter. The CIAC has been putting a lot of information out there as well. Um, so just to kind of get us started here a little bit, um, we've been told that the governor of Connecticut will be making a decision um, probably by Friday, April 10th, um, to decide whether or not schools will be reopened or whether or not schools will remain closed and give a time frame for how long that actually is going to be for. Um, as you can see with a lot of the numbers across the state, it's we have a lot of cases in Fairfield County and as you look at the map, they're slowly progressing east, um, north, um, and those numbers are starting to add up. So I guess when we go, when we take a look at the governor's stance, he's gonna take a look at the whole entire state of Connecticut. And I know that the CIAC, um, when they make decisions as well, they take a look at the whole entire state, just not our town. Um, Doug, you wanna add anything to that? No, and we're, we're fortunate to be joined here by uh, Glenn Lungarini and Greg Simon, both from the CIAC. And so gentlemen, if you miss speaking anything uh, out of turn, feel free to jump in and, and uh, correct us if we say something that maybe we misinterpreted from our meeting on, uh, on Friday. Um, but, you know, uh, Glenn, you had spoken a lot about the, the, the need for or the want for closure. Uh, you had a meeting with the Student Athlete Advisory Board, and those kids really wanted you know, some closure for the end of the year. As coaches, as administrators, we're all uh, hopefully looking to uh, to have the same thing. So uh, what that's going to look like and when that is going to happen, that's still obviously something that's that's kind of up in the air. But Glenn, if you want to maybe add any of your thoughts in terms of, you know, what you've heard or, or Greg, from what you've heard from other school districts or other ADs or other um, people from around the state in terms of, uh, you know, what their feelings are. Uh, Doug and John, thank you for the opportunity uh, to all the, the parents and students. 
uh, on the line. Uh, welcome and thank you for the opportunity uh, to speak with you. You know, sometimes uh, it, it's not always easy uh, communicating um, with uh, parents. We have 70,000 uh, student athletes, so there's not really a mechanism uh, within CIAC that allows us to directly communicate with uh, with parents, but uh, we do have mechanisms to communicate through our member schools. And so when uh, your principals, your athletic directors, invite us to be part of meetings as they did here, it gives us that opportunity to hear directly from parents as well as you to hear directly from us. And we, and we appreciate the opportunity to do that. Uh, as uh, John and, and Doug had mentioned, we've been uh, having regular meetings with our athletic directors. Uh, we've also been involved uh, with the calls with the Commissioner of Education as well as uh, the Governor's Office multiple times per week. Uh, I would uh, agree with everything that's been said so far. I think we could probably expect um, you know, a, a more information coming out on uh, school closures about how long that would be. Um, you know, probably, you know, before Friday, I think within the next, uh, you know, 24 to 48 hours, we're going to hear from uh, the State Department of Education, and, and that'll give us uh, an understanding of direction, of instruction, what we're doing for the rest of the year. The message that has really been heard loud by kids, uh, and uh, Greg, feel free to jump in on this as well, but um, as, as Ms. Marchetti said, we had spoken with uh, kids from across the state, and we had the Commissioner of Education on that call as well. And the idea that they talked about was trying to wait as long as possible uh, for uh, things like graduation, and that, you know, that they weren't, um, at least the kids on the call, weren't necessarily interested uh, in an online graduation. They wanted uh, that closure. They, they're missing out on so many things. And, you know, we look at, uh, at sports, and as difficult as uh, canceling the winter tournaments uh, was for, for us and for student athletes. The idea of spring sport athletes not having any opportunity together uh, certainly magnifies the, the emotion that, that goes with it. To, to not have a senior uh, night, to not, uh, not have a prom, to, uh, to not have graduation, all those things that naturally bring closure, uh, not only to a high school career, but really a K-12 uh, career in a lot of cases and and set you forward on your path for the future uh, are traditions that that we're missing out on right now. So we have intentionally not given a date or a deadline to to make in our decision because we want to wait and hold off as long as we possibly can. Uh, we're discussing and exploring everything from what a shortened season would look like if we're in back in May uh, to what potential uh, just tournament type experiences would look like uh, if we can gather in June, uh, to what would the possibilities be uh, to even offer experiences into July. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of challenges that come with that, but it doesn't mean we don't explore it. So, uh, you know, we are going to talk and explore those. Uh, I have a meeting coming up tomorrow afternoon uh, with superintendents. I'll be meeting with the executive committee of uh, the Connecticut Association of Public School Superintendents. That'll be part of our uh, discussion in, in that meeting as well. So we really are exploring every possible opportunity we can to give kids some sort of experience because I think it's important to, uh, to try to bring that closure if at all possible and if it is safe for us to do so. Uh, Greg, did you want to add anything? Uh, Greg, you're on mute. Doug, you're going to have to unmute. Yeah. Greg. Oh. 
Uh, We're fighting each other here. All right. Okay. He should be good. Go ahead, Greg. Thank you very much. Thanks so Hi, much Greg. for having us on tonight. Hello, Doug. How are you? And John, thanks so much for having us on here tonight. We are, uh, you know, we feel so greatly. And Glenn did a great job summarizing our work over the last couple of weeks. You know, we feel obviously we're, we, we lived our lives in high schools with high school students, and we fully understand what the spring sport experience means to our student athletes. And we promise you that we are going to do everything in our power to give you some type of experience, you know, when it's safe to do so. But we have been meeting on a regular basis. We've been speaking with uh, the Connecticut government, as well as superintendents and principals and athletic directors. You know, when we see a path that we can follow, I promise you we are going to follow it and try to deliver the best experience we can, you know, for our student athletes. Uh, one piece I'll add to that, uh, relatively new this, uh, this morning, I was able to have a, uh, a conference call with the Commissioner of Education uh, and uh, somebody from the NCAA Eligibility Office. Uh, and I've also been able to uh, speak with the Chief, uh, Chief of Acad Director of Academic Affairs for the NCAA. So for any of our student athletes who you know, are looking to go on and play in college, uh, there's certainly been some question uh, about how this would impact them. And, and I can tell you, the NCAA hasn't uh, come forward yet with exactly what the, uh, the, the terms or how specifically they're going to be looking at things. They do have meetings coming up in the next two weeks where uh, that will be finalized by mid-April and they'll have some more details uh, out there. But based on the discussions we have, I can tell you that uh, student athletes will not be negatively impacted uh, by the uh, by, by the coronavirus closings, or by uh, school districts um, or states out of necessity going to pass fail in terms of grading options. Uh, in the past, that that would have been uh, potentially um, a negative impact to student athletes because the NCAA, um, in general, looks at passing grades as the lowest numerical value of a D that a school offers. Um, they. They haven't come out and said they've waived that yet, but basically what they've come out and said is uh, they will ensure that it does not negatively impact student athletes. So if you're a Division One or Division Two prospect, then uh, you need a GPA of 2.3 or higher. So um, you know, based on our conversations, uh, I think they would ensure that whatever is issued as a pass would not uh, in any way impact a student's GPA below that uh, 2.3. Uh, also, we, we talked about it's not just the graduating seniors that are impacted by this. So it's the next three graduating classes where the NCAA will account for uh, the anomalies that will occur in the 1920 academic year on any student athlete's transcript uh, as, they, as they move forward in determining eligibility. That's a great point, Glenn. I never thought, you know, you're thinking the seniors getting ready for next year, but you kind of tended to forget about the juniors and sophomores and freshmen as well. So uh, that, that, that's good to know. Good to know. Um, one other thing that, um, oh. You're right. Yeah, am I, am I still able to be heard? My screen yep. is out here. Okay. Yes. Um, one other thing that, uh, uh, Len, you had shared last week too that uh, you know I didn't initially give thought to was the, the want for uh, some districts to have a decision only in that they are getting ready to, in some cases, make a uh, pretty hefty financial commitment to technology, whether it's Chromebooks or
question. We lost Doug Southley because we're not in session. And, uh, you know, that that's not the case. Um, our school districts still have, uh, you know, expenses that they're paying uh, in, mo in every school district. Your largest, uh, you know, line item is going to be uh, teacher salaries. And, you know, so, so those are still being paid. But when we look at uh, what has had to go into an abrupt end of um, in-person instruction and online movement, uh, you know, there's had to be investments across the state into uh, uh, hardware in terms of Chromebooks and, and other devices. There's had to be investment uh, into some uh, teacher um, PD in terms of, of getting them comfortable with, uh, with online instruction and, and what that continuing uh, education experience looks like. So uh, th this has uh, certainly been a challenge uh, for school districts uh, as well, both in terms of uh, practice and, uh, and in terms of, of budget. Uh, but I have to say when, when we, you know, kind of look across the state of what's happening in the way that, that people have responded to it, uh, we're really proud of, of our teachers and our administrators uh, and really proud of our, our, of our students and our parents. I mean, our, geez, our parents in overnight became uh, earned honorary educator degrees and, and all of a sudden were uh, responsible for, for teaching at, at home and managing uh, some disappointment with kids. So, uh, you know, we understand that. Uh, actually, in, in the week, uh, during this week, you'll have uh, an interview that, that we'll put out on social media as well. Uh, today, I sat down via Zoom with uh, Mark Brackett, who's the Director of Emotional Intelligence at Yale uh, University. And we talked about, um, you know, what are some strategies and skills that we can use uh, at home, both as adults and as kids, uh, to kind of recognize and manage the emotions that, that we're feeling as we're going through uh, th these changes and, and managing particularly the isolation and social distancing. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things that um, came out of the meeting the other day is that um, there has been reports um, across the state that some um, AU coaches are um, putting pressure on the athletes to get out there and practice. That's something that parents and players can't do in any way. You guys have to take care of yourself. You have to social distance. Um, there should not be any pressure coming from outside organizations um, pressuring you guys to get out on that field to get ready for a season that is going to take place in June or July. Absolutely. Great point, John. Yeah. Hey, Glenn, question on, on, on the chat here. Um, is there any conversation about shifting spring sports to, if not the summer, perhaps the early fall, or is that pretty much uh, fall to be reserved for our fall programs? And if we can't get it in in June and July, then then unfortunately it goes by the wayside. Have there been any discussions to that extent you can share? There haven't been any discussions about shifting it uh, to the fall. You know, I think that. Um, that, that would be very challenging in Connecticut. Uh, while, you know, 70,000 athletes seems uh, to be a large number, uh, I could tell you a, a significant amount of that, almost 50% uh, of that is uh, uh, double sport athletes, triple sport athletes. So uh, the great thing in Connecticut is that we have a lot of multi-sport athletes. So once we start crossing over into seasons like that, um, I think there there's significant challenges um, that come along with it. Also, uh, when we look forward to next year, you know, we do have a lot of districts whose budgets are submitted right now. Uh, and so, you know, you can't carry over necessarily those budgeted items that you have for this year uh, past June 30th. So 
you know, it, you would uh, be looking at potentially paying double stipends and bus transportation and officials fees um, that you just don't have in your budget and financially wouldn't be possible uh, to do. Uh, the, I'll be honest with you, the one conversation that, that we've been having about the fall is, um, is it going to look the same? You know, we, we, it's the great, you know, unknown about this pandemic and what we're dealing with right now is uh, what we don't know. And um, so we don't know uh, if the fall will look like a traditional fall. We don't know if, uh, if a vaccine will be in place. We don't know if, um, you know, there'll, there'll be limits on the number of people that you can have uh, at events or if it'll be able to come back to school, um, you know, but, but still concern about people crossing borders town to town. So that would limit extracurricular activities and, and athletics. Uh, so we don't know what's going to be uh, in place there. So, you know, the, those, the conversations we have had is um, what would we look like in the fall uh, if we had to modify what traditionally we experienced uh, as sports, but haven't looked at bringing the spring that far forward into uh, September. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, another question um, that was posed um, to me, when you guys are looking to um, resume um, the seasons, would you resume every sport or would you only resume a couple sports or dependent on the sport? That was a question that was asked. Yeah. Um, you know, we have had some discussions about that. Greg, would you like to take that one? He's muted again. Yeah. Here we go, Greg. Oh. Here we go. You know, we have had discussions about that and, and we're just, you know, there's there's so many variables that we're trying to take into account right now. You know, what types of facilities would be available to us uh, for different types of sports? You know, one that we, we talked a lot about was track because we feel that there are not a lot of offerings made to track student athletes outside of the high school season. So trying to do something for our track student athletes was important for us. But honestly, every sport we would not limit it to, to one or two or three sports. We would definitely take a look at all sports and see what kind of um, you know, tournament or what kind of shortened season we could deliver to those uh, student athletes to give them the opportunity to enjoy it. So we're really not limiting ourselves to what we'd be able to, uh, to do. We would take a look at each sport, see what works, what doesn't work, and if we're able to, to, to pull off, like I said, a short season or a tournament. The piece that we don't have data on for that, that, you know, we'll be uh, maybe seeking to get a better understanding is uh, what our students, uh, athletes do in the summer, uh, because you undoubtedly will have kids that will be dual rostering where, you know, right now during the season, we don't allow, allow dual rostering. If you play for your school team, then you can't play for uh, an outside team in that same sport during that same season. But if we're you know, going into July, there's going to be kids that uh, are playing baseball and lacrosse and softball and, uh, you know, in, in other, um, on other teams. And so, you know, a big consideration for that also uh, will be a discussion with the med committee uh, of what is too much. You know, we, we also don't want to put athletes in a position uh, where there's potential overuse and, and injury. So, you know, we would have to take into consideration as well how many of our student athletes are playing with other teams. Uh, you know, we wouldn't want to tell them you can't play with that that summer team. Uh, so, you know, we, we would want to make sure that we balance and provide uh, a safe outlet for, for kids and, and don't 
uh, put ourselves or our athletes in a position where there's potential overuse injuries. Question that was posed to me was how about a summer high school baseball league? So I guess, Glenn, you just kind of addressed it a little bit in terms of, you know, overuse and field availability and, and things like that. A lot of things would have to be factored into to the summer. Yeah, you know, um, questions as well. Like, um, you know, again, we want to provide as many opportunities as we can for our graduating seniors. Uh, but they're graduated seniors at that point. So uh, technically, they're not part of your K-12 uh, school district anymore. They've graduated. So will insurance uh, cover them if they, uh, if they play? We don't know the answer uh, to that yet. There's, so, you know, there's a lot of, of variables and questions. Um, not sure in, in Norwalk how many people have been affected by this, but um, a lot of uh, folks have been shut out of getting their physicals. Um, you know, they had uh, well visits scheduled before uh, the season started, but in that week or two weeks leading up to the season when, you know, all of a sudden doctor's offices weren't seeing those well visits anymore uh, and kids don't have physical. So uh, with CIAC bylaws, the physical is good for 13 months. Um, can we extend that? What's the advice from the State Medical Society on that? If we do, what is the uh, potential risk if we do that. So those are all questions that, you know, we have written down to, to debate, but, um, you know, a large part of that comes down to in the next couple of days, uh, what the governor uh, decides. And, and once they give us direction on what's going to happen with instruction for the remainder of the year, uh, those are the guidelines that are going to help us really focus uh, our attention on what possible experiences uh, could uh, could potentially happen for kids, and, and what are the questions we have to answer uh, for that? Um, this question came to me um, privately. Uh, the question was in regards to sub varsity sports versus varsity sports. Would since a lot of focus has been on the seniors, would it just be mainly we're going to try to have a varsity season, or we would still try to have both sub varsity and varsity seasons? Yeah, I think you know. Our Go ahead, Greg. I think a lot of those, John, those decisions will be made by our member schools and, and made by the leagues, uh, how they design that. We really, we don't design schedules for leagues. You know, they do that themselves, our member schools. So I think if, if they want to run a sub-varsity schedule, I would hope they would. I would hope they would have an experience for all the student athletes, uh, whether it be freshmen, juniors that play JV or freshmen. I, I think it would be great to be able to do that for them. That's really a school decision and a league decision as to whether or not sub-varsity sports are played this spring. Okay. Greg, that's a question that's on the chat here to everybody. If the season starts late, which we hope it will, will there still be tryouts? Obviously, that's a school-by-school -school decision in terms of numbers and who decides to stick it out and who decides to go in another direction for the summer, who maybe has other commitments, family commitments, vacation commitments, camps, other teams, whatever. So. Uh, you know, I guess to answer that question, John, you and I would say, well, listen, we'll have to kind of see, uh, you know, where we are numbers-wise, if and when a season does resume. Maybe you have tryouts. Maybe in some cases you don't need to have tryouts. You can, you can keep everybody if the numbers hopefully don't dwindle to a point where cuts maybe aren't necessary. Doug, I think it's important also to know, and Glenn mentioned a little about it before, is that when we met with the Board of Control, that obviously they make the final decisions on everything at CIAC. And it's yep. important for, for everyone to understand that they could not have showed more of a willingness to look at any bylaw by we brought to them and say, you know what, for a one-time, one-year exemption, you know, we'd be happy to take a look at that bylaw and maybe 
wave it or do what we can, you know, to help student athletes have some type of athletic experience. So there, you know, a lot of times we, we try to stick with our rules. I mean, if you're not going to have rules, you know, you, you have to follow them. But in this particular case, the board was very, very much open to looking at each case on a case-by-case -case basis and make decisions, hopefully, to give kids that experience. Yeah. Um, one rule that I'm sure people have already talked about is the 10 practice um, rule before a game could start. Has there been any talk about um, decreasing that number to get the season started sooner um, once things do hopefully resume? Yes, uh, so that, that again is a topic that uh, we've begun discussions uh, with the uh, doctors on that uh, and, and have had some conversation. I'm not knowing exactly how much time we have. They, they haven't been detailed discussions, but uh, we could tell you that uh, the doctors are willing to, uh, to work with us uh, and you know, give recommendations on what would be appropriate timeframes. What will help with that uh, is the virtual coaching. So uh, if we could you know, give kids workouts that they can do at home uh, that the doctors would feel uh, would um, satisfy those 10 day requirements, then uh, that would be one way that, that we may, you know, look in and try to approve. So all conversations that we are actively having uh, with the state medical society sports medicine committee, they are very willing to look at that with us and even provide exceptions to the uh, virtual coaching uh, as opportunities to satisfy that. Okay. That's great. Okay, uh, any other questions here, folks? You've asked a couple of good ones here. Um, I'm looking at my notes from our meeting last week. I don't have anything else for you, Glenn or Greg. John, I don't know if you have anything else. No, I just think, I, I just want everyone to kind of know that um, Doug and I spoke today that um, no matter what happens, we will have some type of um, closure for the seniors this year, the spring seniors. We'll do something to honor them. Um, that's something that we both talked about today, which we thought was really, really important. Um, it looks like we have a question down here. Uh, if assuming kids remain with the distance schooling throughout the year, high school sports would be canceled. Um, I would imagine that would be a yes, correct? Uh, it's a maybe. Um, you know, again, one of the, uh, the things that we have heard uh, very clear from our uh, student uh, groups that, that we uh, have some Zoom meetings with is, uh, do everything uh, that, that you can to hold off on making decisions uh, on graduation and the cancellation of, uh, of spring sports. So uh, maybe if the um, governor and the commissioner of education uh, cancel instruction for the rest of the year, uh, but leave an opportunity open for um, evaluation in June as to whether or not uh, it is safe at that time to allow gatherings for graduations to occur, or they're going to open back up in June uh, or July for uh, sporting events, um, for park and rec, you know, other, uh, other type of activities. Uh, those are the discussions that we'll have with superintendents uh, and, and other folks, our, our athletic directors, our principals, to determine uh, if it will be possible for the CIAC uh, to run some events during that time frame. So, you know, just because instruction is canceled, it depends on how that is framed and worded. If it's instruction and all activities are canceled for the remainder of the year, if that's a mandate, then we will follow the mandate. But if it's that instruction is canceled and they'll evaluate in June the safety to gather, um, then we will take that into consideration of whether or not we can offer something. 
I'm glad that's a great segue into a question that was asked here. If school and seasons are canceled the rest of the year, when do you guys think the fields and weight rooms would be would reopen? And that's going to be a local decision. I answered thinking that's going to be up to Mayor Willing and Dr. Adamowski. They're going to make the decisions in terms of what the uh, medical community tells us where we are in Norwalk at that point in time. And if it's safe to get back together and gather or if they're going to keep it closed for precautions sake, um, that's, uh, that's a decision probably made at that level. Um, another good question here. If there's not enough kids in one school to field the team, can schools be combined to form a joint team? So that would be a real quick co-op situation. Um, I don't know if that's been something you guys have uh, been asked yet either. Yeah. That's a good question. All, poss all possibilities will be considered. Yeah, so again, our, our interest is the same as yours. We understand that, uh, you know, it's going to be challenging. So uh, our interest is the same as yours. And if there is a logistical way uh, that is safe, uh, that is something that uh, we can get everybody on board with, administrators, superintendents, boards of ed, um, you know, then, then we will explore that and, and provide that opportunity. So uh, everything is on the table. And as Greg said, um, our board has been clear with us that uh, they will look at any rule regulation that we have for a one-time exception due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, teachers are planning workout as if we'll be doing learning for the long run. Does this mean we will not be attending school for the rest of the year? I, I could tell you, John, and you and I can talk to this. That's not something that you and I have heard. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're in mode and that, you know, we're, we're planning ourselves you know, week to week, we're preparing our lessons. And um, until we're told otherwise, that's how we'll be going forward. Right. Um, quick question um, for Glenn and Greg. Um, do you possibly foresee a situation where parts of the states will be playing sports and other parts are actually not based off of the number of cases that are out there? If you look at the, the latest um, kind of bell curve that was uh, shown in, in one of Governor Lamont's uh, recent press conferences, uh, you know, that, that's going to slide across the state from, uh, from west to east. So, uh, you know, it, it, again, that, that'll play into the factor from a CIEC standpoint, as you said at the onset of this meeting, uh, you know, we have to look at not just what is uh, possible or plausible in one area, but, but what is plausible in all. Uh, and what is the Department of Health suggesting in terms of uh, procedure and, and appropriate policy in terms of uh, crossing over borders and, and you know, and, and uh, how people are interacting with each other. Uh, so the, all that will be taken uh, into consideration, but I think that is also going to be a significant challenge is, uh, you know, where we're seeing those spikes are going to occur uh, at different time frames uh, as that uh, bell curve uh, kind of shifts across the state. Any other questions out there? Well, you have some great ones, some really good questions there. Anybody else? If there are no more questions, Glenn, Greg, I really want to appreciate, uh, tell you guys thank you very much. Appreciate you taking the time to be here. Um, we got a question here. Um, go ahead. Yes, um, our, our principal Scott Herbert asked this question, not a typical scenario, but if a spring sports were canceled entirely, would a retained student fifth year of school be automatically eligible for spring sports the following year? Um, you know, Scott, that, uh, again, great question. Um, right now, you know, I don't think we would, uh, we haven't had discussions on that, uh, but it's a really interesting scenario. So 
you know, we would certainly, um, you know, be able to have conversations and we do have the uh, eligibility um, request in place where, uh, you know, challenge in place where or appeal uh, that can be appealed to the eligibility committee and review board. So certainly there is a mechanism already in place at CIEC uh, for that to be explored. Uh, but what I will do is I will add that question uh, to the list of, uh, of questions that we have moving forward uh, so that we could you know, have some preliminary discussion and and possibly give you uh, some information and direction on that uh, following our May 7th board meeting. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. And one more question there about Norwalk and McMahon playing a, a best four out of seven World Series. Again, we'll, we'll keep that as a, as a maybe. Uh, how does that sound, John? <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep everything on the table, right? That would be interesting. That would be fun. That would be fun to see. Yeah. Like a subway series. I want to be there for that one. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Uh, Two so rookie coaches going at it. I love it. Yeah. Listen, I, I really want to thank you for the opportunity and, and again, extend to, to our parents and athletes that uh, we appreciate how challenging this is for you. And, uh, you know, so just, you know, keep, keep your hope up and, and keep fighting the fight here. Uh, we know it's hard and it's not easy, uh, but I think what you see in, in holding meetings like this where, you know, hundreds of people kind of come together and, uh, and the messages that we're seeing out there on social media is, uh, you know, we are going to persevere through this. We are going to play again uh, and we'll do everything we can to, to try to get that happen for, uh, for this year's kids. And um, Doug and John, you know, thank you. When, when you invite us uh, to, to have conversations or our principals invite us to have conversations, this is the mechanism where we get to talk uh, directly to parents and they get to talk directly to us. And we find it as beneficial, hopefully, as they do. So thank you uh, for this opportunity. It's much appreciated. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming. Yeah, appreciate it. Take care. Okay, folks. Have a good day.